Back-to-back wins to open a five-game road trip. The Calgary Flames are red hot as they roll into the Big Apple here on a special Sunday edition of the Firestarter Podcast. I'm Ryan Dietrich. Brendan Parker coming at us from Newark, New Jersey, where the Flames are just about to hit the ice for practice. Parks, what's happening, buddy? What's going on, Dietz? It's uh, it's nice to see you um, via Zoom. Yeah. And yeah, we are. Uh, it's it's an interesting setup because we're staying obviously Manhattan uh, MSG tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, you need to find ice, and that's at the Prudential Center. So here we are in Newark, New Jersey, uh, getting ready for practice today. Right on. You know, it's kind of funny because last week we were boasting, I guess, about being back in studio and doing the podcast in person for the first time in like two years. Uh, but here we are back on Zoom. And not only are we doing it virtually, but we're in different countries now. So clearly things are evolving a bit here on the podcast. <laughs> Technology is a beautiful thing until it's not. And then, yeah, as no we kidding. know, we, we did <laughs> have to do a little Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A Wi-Fi password. The bane uh, of my existence. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me about it. I mean, you guys got into, you know, I mean, rare. I think that was the only afternoon game the Flames have all season. But uh, what a yeah. way to do it because you pick up the victory and then, uh, go to New York City. So you got the night off in the Big Apple. What did you guys get up to? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, by the time we got in, it was like, you know, we're seven, eight o'clock. So, which is pretty, pretty rare to have kind of two nights, I suppose, in any city, uh, yeah. which is what we'll have here tonight because practice day. So, um, didn't get up to too much though last night. Um, you know, ended up doing a little bit of our own uh, mini pub crawl, stopped at a few bots, watched, uh, watched the baseball game. Big, uh, big Braves supporter over here. So I was, I was watching the Braves <laughs> knock out the Dodgers, which was good. So uh, nice to see uh, the Braves onto the world series. So caught some of that and then just uh, did some walking around Manhattan, which is always fun. It's only my second time in this city though. Actually funny enough, the first time we, uh, the first time I came to this city was my very first road trip. Right. So I went from uh, global Calgary in uh, Northeast Calgary uh, where, you know, our road trips consisted of anywhere in Calgary. And then I moved over to the flames, uh, just over three years ago now. And the very first road trip we took was Montreal, uh, was New York, Montreal. So it was like a real uh, welcome to the NHL welcome type of NHL. moment. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so, uh, you can't, I mean, it's a little overwhelming, especially considering, you know, we've been in a pandemic. So, you know, in terms of people and just the city itself, it's a, you know, huge, huge metropolis that kind of almost feels a little overwhelming at first, but man, is it cool to, uh, you know, just even walk around and, uh, and see, see some of the sites. You know, we're going to get into some of the hockey here in a second, but I mean, I, I know I'm personally curious because uh, I, I think my first trip isn't for another few weeks and yep. uh, just generally going to be traveling less this year, but uh, you're kind of the the test subject, you know, if it were. So, uh, you know, getting a chance after the bubble and then last year where every game was being covered from the Saddle Dome, um, what's the setup been like visiting different rinks and kind of getting familiarized with all the different setups again? Yeah, I mean, from from a work perspective, uh, you know, which I, I suppose people would probably be bored with in some ways, but um, you, you know, it's it's different because we are still living in kind of a partial in person, partial Zoom world, and so every rank is set up a little bit differently. Every team kind of does things differently. So, you know, I won't go into too much because I'm sure people will glaze over that. But uh, I mean, you can understand it's kind of that similar gray area in terms of what everyone's dealing with. But um, in terms of the actual rink setups and and the atmosphere, like. You know, Washington, obviously, you go in there and it's an afternoon game and you're not sure what to expect, but great atmosphere, great energy. And 
and to be honest, like, you know, and you'll hear from some of the guys, even just over the course of this road trip, just kind of great to see and uh, see different ranks, different teams again, you know, yeah. kind of go out and, uh, and experience, uh, you know, the Eastern Eastern side of things and some different opponents, which, you know, it's been a long time since, you know, you've seen any of these teams, like for the Calgary flames, <clears throat> pardon me. I think the last time they were in New York would have been that last road trip that I was just referring to, which is all the way back into 2019 now. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to kind of come and, and, and ex- just feel that energy again from different crowds and see some different towns and, and just, you know, play some different teams, quite frankly. So it's been fun uh, already so far, just to, just to go to Detroit, obviously one of this, you know, just great buildings in the Unreal. national hockey league. Yeah. Uh, perfect setup there and um, you know they had a good crowd too and then it'll be interesting I mean is there anything quite like Madison Square Garden I think it's one of those buildings where you could just kind of stand and look around you know for an hour just just try to take it all in so I think I'm looking forward to seeing that and then Rangers fans right so let's uh, let's kind of feel some of that MSG energy yeah, it's funny. I mean, people always ask me, what's your favorite uh, building around the league? And I always point to MSG and Staples Center in Los Angeles, uh, you know, very different facilities, but for the same reason. It feels like when you're there covering a game, you're doing the most important thing on the planet in that moment. It's just, it's too big not to feel that energy. And, yep. you know, it's funny you mentioned New York, by the way, because that was the last road trip that wasn't pre-pandemic. We were, we were exactly. sitting in the office yep. talking about are we even going to go? What's it going to look like? And then of course right. a day later, everything shuts down. So um, yeah, you know, strange, and I know right? <laughs> Kristen Anderson kind of wrote that piece here recently, but you know, around the rink, we've talked about that, you know, a ton of times, just like, I remember, you know, being in the building and uh, you know, the day after the Rudy Gobert and NBA kind of canceling things. And then you're just sort of waiting and wondering what's going to happen with the NHL. And we had that morning skate that day. Right. So we come right. in and, you know, suited up and, you know, probably not or knowing that we're not doing it that morning, but you're still like, yeah, okay, let's, let's go and see what happens. And then I, I vividly remember just sort of everything unfolding and then standing in the hallway, just outside our jumbotron room on the event level. And you just see like carts and carts of New York Islander stuff headed out, uh, headed out to the truck. And then that's at that point you're like, okay, well, I think we know what direction it's going here. So it's probably, uh, it's probably done for now. So happened fast. And then, um, you know, here we are now. So it's, it's good to see. Awesome parks. Well, let's get to some of the hockey because the flames are, uh, they're rolling right now. A couple of wins to open this road trip, as we mentioned off the top, but, we can't talk about last night's game in Washington without mentioning Elias Lindholm. He picks up the hat trick, including the OT winner in what was a 4-3 decision. He's now tied for the NHL's goal-scoring lead with Kyle Connor, Andre Kopitar, and Connor McDavid. This guy will not stop scoring goals. What have you seen from him so far? Uh, well, probably the same as what everyone else has seen <laughs> because uh, it's hard to argue or hard to ignore some of the results we've seen so far this year. And um, you know, it's funny because obviously one of the talking points coming out of that game against Washington is, is the shorthanded goal. And, and oh. obviously that's kind of the showstopper and it's so good for so many different reasons. Um, maybe no better description than what Johnny Gaudreau did after the game though. He, he had that thing dialed in from the block <laughs> shot to the one face off to the, you know, chasing down a 50, 50 puck. And then obviously, uh, as he put it, sending uh, the defenseman back to the gym. I mean, it was, it was just one of those goals. So, and, and you know what, to be honest, you know, Daryl didn't say a ton about it, but it, but what he yeah. did say was second and third effort. And and there's probably no better way to describe that. Um, you know, he just won a battle, won a, won a, and then, it, it, you know, it's all work and then all skill too. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that you've, we've come to know about Elias Lindholm over his time with the Calgary Flames is just, 
you know, how good he is in every area. And I think that that goal kind of almost summed it up in a lot of ways. Didn't it? it just wow. starts in the defensive zone, you know, shorthanded, obviously. And then, you know, the skill to finish off a play like that in close uh, on Vanacek. So uh, just what, can, what else can you say? I think the guy's feeling it right now, without a doubt. Um, Johnny's got five assists on the season and, and a lot of those have been to, to Elias Lindholm. So yeah. Um, that combination seems to be going really well right now too. And it's been fun to watch. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me. You could win big at home or on the road. Get your 50-50 tickets during all Calgary Flames games for a chance to take home 50% of the jackpot. Go to calgaryflames.com slash 50-50 to get your tickets and watch the jackpot grow. Thanks for supporting the Calgary Flames Foundation. Let me throw something at you here, Parks, because when we looked at the season as a whole, and we talked about the Flames needing to, you know, obviously get back to the playoffs and hopefully go much deeper than that. You know, we, we talked about individuals needing to have bounce back years, right? And everybody comes into the new season expecting that of themselves. But one guy that we never really talked about was Elias Lindholm. And not that he falls into the category of needing a bounce back year, but he's one of those players that has been so good over his tenure as a Calgary Flame that we didn't really expect anything different coming into this year. But this is a guy that has a career high of 29 goals, probably would have eclipsed 30 if he had played the full, you know, 82-game slate last year. But at this pace, you're talking about a guy going from being a 25 to 30 goal scorer to a 30 to 40 goal scorer, and it's already paying dividends because if it wasn't for him filling the net as he has been, then obviously the Flames probably wouldn't be in the situation they are right now. So to me, this is just, it's kind of an unexpected win here because this is a guy coming into the year that we expected to be good, but if he can take a step even beyond that, we're talking about a team that has even more firepower than we thought at the outset. Yeah, that's very true, uh, Ryan. And, you, you, you know, when you're going it through it in terms of season previews, I don't know that we necessarily went and looked, you know, number for number, but, you know, going back to that shortened year, you know, the assumption was he was probably going to get to that 30 number, right? I think pretty easily. And um, that's just kind of been the progression he's been on in his career. And um, the, the thing about the thing about Elias is he can shoot it, right? So I think those times he's getting the puck in that high slot when Johnny's finding him, he's finding space. He's going to be tough to stop in that area. And I think that's what you're seeing right now is that he, he's a goal scorer. He he can he can score. And um, yeah, absolutely, I think that number is attainable. Sure. And if that if you get there, and then obviously. You know, if him and Johnny are going to play together, then he's probably going to have his fair share of points too. So you can kind of start to see where that offense is going to pile up in in certain areas, right? Yeah, and the chemistry too. I mean, another guy yeah. who was a part of that conversation is, is Matthew Kachuk, who you know has been a, an impact player in every game so far. But you know, obviously, hasn't found the net nearly as much. But between him and Johnny Gaudreau, and obviously you factor in the sharpshooter uh, Lindholm in the equation, there uh, that's some of that chemistry that we saw late last season, and we're maybe a little bit unsure how it would carry into the fall seems to be going pretty well so far agreed for sure and you know it's one of those things it's interesting to see sort of now the evolution through these first few games here because you know as we know it was 11 forwards in game one and then slowly guys are returning you know Blake Coleman from suspension and then Tyler Pitlick comes back from injury but uh, this road trip is kind of our first chance to see sort of the idea of some lines and chemistry developing. And I think that's now what you're seeing. Like that top line's obviously been together. They've been effective, you know, and, and that's kind of what you'd expect. But, you know, this combination of Blake Coleman and uh, and Michael Backlund and now Tyler Pitlick. And I think yesterday, you know, Daryl talked about Pitlick kind of getting up to speed because obviously he's coming back from injury. So now two games into his uh, Calgary Flames tenure. But, 
you can see sort of how the benefits of the line combinations and what the look is and how effective they are in different areas of the ice. And uh, that Coleman Backland uh, combination, I think, you know, is, is something that's really interesting moving forward. And then obviously, you know, Pitlick now as well. And uh, that trio kind of, it's intriguing to see sort of what they, how they slot up slot together and, and move through the lineup and uh and what combinations and matchups that can bring too so um you know you talked about that line up front i think that's one that you know you kind of just uh you just leave you leave intact and then just see where else it goes right yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah and then you know dylan dubay now playing center two yeah. games in a row and and uh obviously him and manjabin have been great in the penalty kill as well and so now you kind of move uh, Richie there on the other wing and just to see you know again how these trios are starting to move together and, and the combinations that uh, they're bringing and that's just it because at the end of the day you're looking for a little bit more balance across your forward lines right in a perfect world you'd you know probably like to see the bottom half of your lineup contribute a little bit more and take some of the load off your top guys but when they're going as good as they are right now of course you're going to see them put up big numbers and you're going to wish that more was coming from elsewhere but we're so early in the season all that's going to come. You need to kind of work through some of the growing pains and you know give the guys experience and some reps in order to build that chemistry. On that note, because we are talking about the top guys right now, Johnny Gaudreau, one of the big storylines to come out of Saturday's game. He now has 500 points in 524 career games. He is the sixth fastest player in franchise history to reach that mark. And what a way to do it. Obviously, you're factoring in on uh, some very key goals, including the overtime winner. But to do it with friends and family back in attendance for the first time in 600 plus days, that's what Johnny lives for. We talked about Johnny a lot in the preseason. and Obviously, we had him on our last episode before the season started. Uh, he just seems really comfortable with where he's at right now. And he's been dialed from day one in his first exhibition game. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that, you know, that's probably part of it, though, too, is um, yeah, everything is kind of it feels a little bit more normal. And this is uh, that's a perfect example. I think, you know, the Gaudreau family, that's the first time in over 600 days that they've been able to watch Johnny and the Calgary Flames in person. And I think, you know, it's been talked about around the league, just guys, the impact, you know, not having family, not having that sense of normalcy around you. Um, so, it's you know, you could imagine why you know, things just weren't, you know, quite the same in all areas of life and, and hockey. Right. So I think, you know, that's a pretty good example last night is they all smiles. And then, you know, you, you look at the, the family, like I, I, we were down there, we're doing these uh, Instagram lives now uh, on the road. And so we're down at the, at the ice level. And so the Gaudreau family was just on the other side by the flames bench and are just watching and, you know, his nieces are just all smiles and banging on the glass and he's there and he's, He's banging on the glass too, and he, he's <laughs> trying to get a couple of pucks, uh, and and you know he's grabbing some stuff for the nieces, and it's you know it's great. It, it was awesome to see it, and uh, you know obviously they got a real good show uh, throughout the course of that game too. And I think you know we'll see them now a little bit more routinely. I sure I'm sure, but um, you know just to have that back is outstanding, isn't it? I mean that interaction and having your family in the building. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, like, is this is kind of the perfect road trip. I don't know if you got a chance to ask, are they going to be on like every game the rest of the way here? Cause I think there's a couple obvious stops, but yeah, uh, this yeah. next one in Manhattan might be a, maybe a little trickier. Yeah. I think that is the plan for sure. Uh, it sounds like they're going to make a couple more on this uh, five game road trip. Uh, I'm not sure that it'll be Pittsburgh, but I think we might see them at MSG and uh, maybe here in New Jersey on uh, Tuesday as well. One last storyline to take away from uh, Saturday's victory, Dan Vladar. 
And this is a guy that we saw played more than any other goalie in the preseason by a country mile. So we got a pretty good look at him and you know, a pretty good understanding of what he was capable of doing. He put up a 917 save percentage in those five appearances, uh, but he followed that up and brought it into the regular season. His first ever as a Calgary Flame with a pretty solid 22 save effort. Just a, a thought on uh, Vladar's work and Maybe um, was it a surprise to you to see him this early in the road trip? We knew we were going to see him at some point, uh, but to throw him into the fire at that point seemed like a, a good move by Daryl Sutter. Yeah, for sure. And for sure, you knew we were going to see him here, especially with back-to-backs. And I think maybe a few people were surprised that he got in when he did. But in an afternoon game, you can kind of look at it and look at the schedule and um, you know see the different workload that that uh, Jacob Markstrom's going to have early on this season and uh, and it seemed like a pretty good spot to get Dan in there for his first game as a member of the Calgary Flames and uh, you could tell he was fired up and um, you know obviously that that was a game that had some momentum swings to it too and and that's a good one to get under your belt in terms of you know that first period obviously Calgary you know takes control they get the lead and then you know Washington kind of you know they get a could they get a you know a shorthanded goal as well to start things off and you could kind of feel the momentum swing back and um but you weather it you figure it out we you know the play a pretty solid third period and then obviously you get the win in overtime and that's one that you know Dan Vladar is going to look back on fondly because it's his first as a flame and and obviously a huge step for him moving forward as well and we talked about you know taking another step in his career this year and, and that's what he's going to have to be as a full-time backup in the National Hockey League and that was a really good one for him to get under his belt. I think he even joked about the Ovechkin interactions there which I saw a couple of times so he, he, by the way Ovechkin loves to talk he, he's oh, throughout yeah. the game he's he's having conversations with guys the whole time so uh you know obviously I've had a few things for Dan Vladar but he didn't let it rattle him and he got it through and uh, you know that's a memorable one for Dan for sure you know, this is a really unscientific way of measuring how a guy is fitting in with his new team. But uh, when Dan posted the photo last night of him holding the puck and, you know, celebrating his first win as a flame and you kind of scroll through and see everybody on the team has already double tapped and gave it the old like and is commenting one thing or the other. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy that is not only stopping the puck lots, which is obviously going to endear yourself to your teammates, but he's just a great personality and seems to be fitting in just beautifully here. Yeah, that's well said. And, and and it's an interesting, you know, it's a, it's a tough position normally when you take a look at that spot, you know, Jacob Markstrom's going to start a lot of hockey games, right? So it's kind of that mindset going in that when you're going to be called upon, you got to be ready. And then the other times you just got to work. And I think that's the one thing about Dan that you're going to get to know. And Flames fans will too. Great personality, yeah. uh, easygoing guy, but works his tail off. And I think that's one thing that will stand out to you is that when when he's going to get those opportunities he's going to be ready because of the work he puts in with the goaltending department Jason LaBarbera and Jordan Siglett and you know they they go through it and so every time you know on those days where Mark's from starting or those practice days he, he's putting in the work and uh and and he's just a great personality guys love him so um, you know, I think everybody, without a doubt, happy for him. And, you know, as we were kind of joking, there was a few different pucks that had to go around at the end of the last game. You get the yeah. overtime goal from Lindholm, and that's his hat-trick goal, obviously. And then that streak of goals in four straight games, it's just second in franchise history only to Gary Roberts. And uh, and then the Johnny Gaudreau 500 points, then the Dan Vladar win. So, yeah, there's only so many pucks to go around. But it was great to see. You know, those are types of things that, it, you know, those are building blocks for groups too, right? I mean, um, you, we talk about this road trip and how important it is for a few new faces and guys starting to mold together and gel and spending some time here on the road. And those are those types of moments that go a long way. So um, certainly one to enjoy last night. 
Wow. Yeah, well said, man. And and it's funny you say that uh, about the joking about the pucks, because as you said, he was asked about that in his post-game media. And uh, he said, well, didn't Johnny get his 500 tonight? Yeah, I think that's more <laughs> yeah. important. He can have the puck. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they all get it, right? It's 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 yeah. great to see. There's there's you, you said it, man. There's definitely some bonding going on here. And, you know, I'm obviously yeah. not there to, to see it happen firsthand. But when you get those little interactions, even over Zoom, uh, it's pretty obvious that the, that the team's coming together. So good to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Practice just started, by the way. Here, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, you gotta hear it now. (laughs) I was gonna say, last one for you because we know the boys are getting on there, tuning up for tomorrow against the New York Rangers. Uh, Just a thought on that because uh, we're entering the halfway point of this trip, and as Parks turns his phone around and gives me a look at the skate, I wish you listening to the podcast could see this because it looks beautiful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I can't make out the names, so this is uh, this is not great analysis. But uh, they are skating, so they're they are skating. (laughs) Trust me. Um, Flames and New York Rangers Monday night Madison Square Garden doesn't get much better. And speaking of red hot, because the Flames have rattled off a couple of victories here early on their trip. The New York Rangers 4-1-1 out of the shoot. And you know what? There seems to be kind of a consistent theme here. The Flames are scoring goals. The New York Rangers having no trouble filling the net either. Uh, What's your take on what the matchup looks like? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting because really every team, at least to start this road trip, has been playing some good hockey. I mean, Detroit was undefeated in regulation going in. Washington was the same. Uh, You know, Detroit had, what, five of possible six going into that game. Uh, Capitals had seven of a possible eight points going into that game. So you're running into some Eastern teams you haven't seen in a while and who are playing some good hockey. And so far, you got four points out of four uh, through two games, and and it's going to be another good test against the Rangers. And, you know, I think there was some higher expectations for the Rangers coming in this year, just knowing what they did in the offseason. They added some grit, but they obviously still had all the skill. You you got the reigning Norris Trophy winner in Adam Fox. And so you have pieces there, and I think they tried to build on that. And so, you know, in this area, there were some expectations for the Rangers. They're kind of living up to that now, but it's early. And and the Calgary Flames have kind of set a benchmark in terms of the way they want to play, especially on the road. Eric and Branson talked about that before the Detroit game, kind of set our road identity. Let's, let's establish how we want to play on the road, um, just like they talked about doing on home ice. And so you kind of done that through two games. Now build on it. Now keep it going and make sure that, you know, you get off to a good start. Like they have the last two games leads in the first period. And then, and then just go to work in that road game. Don't give up a ton as the rest of the game goes on. And you got a pretty good recipe you're building right now. It's going to be a fun one. Always is at Madison square garden parks. Uh, I'm going to let you go because practice is underway. And I also know that since you're in New York, focus your needs. Yeah. Sorry. You're in New Jersey right now. You're going to, you're staying in New York. Uh, you got to get a workout in, man. You got to get those glutes ready because that ramp up to the eighth floor at ice level at MSG gets you every time. Do you think you're ready until you're not near huffing by the time you get to the top and the NHL players are just whizzing past you? So yeah, uh, you don't want to embarrass yourself out there. No, well, I mean, I'm gonna, I would probably embarrass myself no matter what if you compare <laughs> it. But I think that the real key play is you just make sure they all go first. Oh, yes. And uh, then you Veteran just kind move. of make your way up at your own leisurely pace, for sure. But, you, yeah, <laughs> it a is a breaks. Good, it's a good early season benchmark in terms of how much you've been working out on the road. Yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> which I had forgotten about, by the way. So I appreciate yeah. the heads up. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of oxygen breaks, you'll be good to go. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Parks, thanks for your time, buddy. We, we know practice is underway. That's good. Uh, keep us informed as you've been doing such a great job throughout the trip so far. Uh, you got another week or so left on it, so... Um, Enjoy it, man. It's been fun seeing you back on the road. Thanks, buddy. And uh, we're not done yet. Brendan, you had a chat with Flames assistant coach Ryan Huska. So we're going to finish off the show with that coming up next.
The wait is finally over. The roar of the Sea of Red is coming. This fall, the Dome opens up once again for your Calgary Flames. Tickets are on sale now for the 2021-2022 season. Join the Sea of Red and watch all the Flames action live. Get your tickets now at calgaryflames.com slash tickets. All right, Ryan Huska joins us in a uh, unmarked Manhattan hotel, uh, undisclosed uh, Manhattan hotel. Um, first of all, are you a New York guy? Are you uh, enjoy the city? I, I do, and we actually feel real fortunate that the one year um, when I joined the Flames organization, we were in Glens Falls, New York. So every time people would come to visit us, you always had to make a trip into the city. So uh, we have really good memories of the state of New York. Didn't yeah. spend a lot of time in the city, but I do love coming here. It almost makes you feel a little bit more alive when you're when you're down here. So it's one of the cool parts about being able to coach in the NHL is when you get to um, when you get to come to cities like this. What, what was uh, family loved it, that area too when you were uh, when you spent some time there? Um, I loved it. My three kids loved it. My wife not so much, but. I, probably more so for her because it was the first time we've ever moved as a family so she missed home and I think she knew we were only going to be there for one year so she had a hard time kind of I guess ingraining herself into the community but the other four of us loved it and we would have been just as happy to stay there for a number of years instead of going to California but uh, again another wonderful experience when we did have a chance to move to. And there's nothing quite like Madison Square Garden when you walk into there. Uh, do you recall the first time walking in and, and kind of soaking it up? But I know for me, it was the last time we were here uh, as a team of the Calgary Flames. But um, it's something you kind of don't forget when you walk into a building like that. No, you definitely don't. It's one of the special ones for sure. And I remember probably similar to what you were talking about um, standing and looking at the ice before the game before all the players were there just the way the the bowl is and the lighting in there it makes it seem like it's a, a show the light is bright on the ice and it's darker around the stands it's just so much history in that building it was for sure one of the coolest experiences i've had all right let's uh let's just quickly a little bit about the team and we were uh you know hearing and talking a lot about chemistry and getting lines together and i wonder just from a coaching staff perspective because there are a couple of new guys in terms of kale and i know you guys have history going back a little bit but kirk muller coming in is there uh coaching chemistry too is that something you work on early on and where are we at with that yeah there is it's funny as that may sound um it takes a little while to get to know each other's tendencies and um the way people like to do their work and what time they get to the rink, what time they like to leave the rink. There's a lot of things that go into it and you have to find a way to work with them as best as you can, as soon as you can, because our players don't get better if we as a staff are not on the same page. So um, the beauty part about those two guys coming in, um, Kale was familiar with the organization, of course, and we had a chance to work together. So I knew him and knew what he was all about. And Kirk is just an unreal guy. Everything about him is positive and upbeat, and he made it very easy to get to know him right away. And I think because of that, it, it seems to be fairly seamless to this point. How about uh, just sort of assignments uh, in terms of how you guys divvy things up uh, with jobs and roles and how that kind of works now? Obviously, there you know some things haven't changed, um, but Kirk's taken over the power play. But just maybe how that kind of uh, you know transitions or, or to you know molds in. Yeah, I, I think the one great thing about Daryl is he throws us into a lot of different situations so it's not like you're um, just pushing pucks around or looking at video all day on the ice he expects you to do a lot of the teaching he expects you to make sure um, 
you're prepared so we can prepare our players the right way. So Kale's typically in charge of our pre-scouts, the teams that we're playing. Um, he does an excellent job of, of getting a good book on our opponent and, and putting together a package for our players to be able to see. Um, and he's also kind of the eye in the sky for the first couple periods and then he's able to come on the bench after that for the third period. But um, as I mentioned, he's done a real good job to start with. Kirk, um, as you said, is the power play and he does a lot of the offensive five-on-five um, five portion of our game as well. He's got some great ideas for that side of the game. He's, he understands that side of the game, so he's really finds himself digging into that a little bit more so and um, I still get to stay with the penalty kill and I'm happy to still have that role. I love it. Uh, I enjoy working with the players and I enjoy working with the defensemen so it's something that I'm really happy with and I, I think as a group we all do a lot of collaboration and I, I go back to Daryl with that where that's what he expects and that's what he wants. He just doesn't want status quo. He wants some ideas and he wants us to find a way to challenge each other and, and I think it makes for a pretty cool coaching office. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your defenseman and um, you know what you've seen so far for the early part. Um, you know, I know there's an emphasis on pace and puck movement. Um, what have you seen from your group in, in totality? And it has gotten better. I mean, when you talk about pace and puck movement, after that first exhibition game, we were like, oh boy, we got a ways to go. But um, when you have good people, good characters that you work with, they're going to try to do what you're asking of them. And I've seen that. I really feel like they're committed to trying to play the right way, which, as you mentioned, is faster with the puck, faster with their feet. The way our team has to play, I think they've really grasped onto it. And um, the, the challenge that they all face now is there's eight of them right now and we are healthy knock on wood we stay that way hopefully all year we do um, but there's competition where if you're not at your very best or you're not pushing our team or pushing your game to help our team win then there's a pretty good chance someone's going to come in and get the opportunity to do that so um, you know a great group of guys to work with and I, I love that they're all um, really committed to really trying to play the way we're asking them to play. Just wanted to single out, um, you know, a guy like Rasmus Sanderson. We've seen his minutes up, you know, to start this season, and just, uh, you know, some of the situations he's been in. What have you seen from from number four, and, and what he's uh, been able to do so far this year, yeah. <laughs> Walt? <laughs> he, he was uh, he was challenged last year to take on a bigger role, um, and not just be a guy that was brought along for the ride. He was challenged along with Noah Hannafin to it's time for you two to step up and become better defenders on your own and I think Raz took that to heart so when he came back um, I feel like he had a lot of confidence um, he wanted to be in all those situations where he's killing penalties he's on the power play he wants to be used against all the top players and I think the challenge of the pace and learning to play the game faster he took it to heart and I think he's been really good because of that and um, seems to be growing each and every day even more so which is something that we need from him and the rest of our guys on the back end. And then one last one for you on that is uh, Chris Tanev. Obviously, if he had, he's had two guys playing with him early in this season, but Oliver Shillington the last couple of games. And Daryl, I think, mentioned after, uh, I believe it was the second game, about wanting somebody to kind of step up into that role. Um, Oliver gets that opportunity. What have you seen from him in, in two games with that opportunity? I think he's done a good job. You know, they're... The one thing he's really improved his game at is the defensive side of it. He's He can defend now, and he, and he really does that by closing quick on people, and he has a really good stick where he's able to create a lot of loose pucks and turnovers because of how quick he can get on top of people. The challenge for him moving forward is to make sure he's consistent throughout a game with his puck play. I mean, if there's one thing that's kind of... Um, maybe been his Achilles heel as he was a younger defenseman growing up there was sometimes the odd gaff at the wrong time of a game but 
Um, just like his defensive play, you don't see that as much anymore. And I think that's a real great thing for him because he's getting better. And that's what we want to see from him. And as you mentioned, there's opportunity. If somebody can come in and grab that spot or grab that place and be in there consistently, it doesn't matter if it's Oliver. It could be anybody on our back end. But he has that opportunity right now. He needs to grab hold of it. We talked briefly here just this afternoon about uh, the penalty kill when you look at, well, every team in the league is going to have some weapons to throw out there, but specifically Washington, when you've got Ovi that you always have to pay attention to on that one-timer, they love to feed that over there. Uh, it seemed like you guys did a pretty good job of taking that away and then had to kind of find somewhere else uh, where they were trying to feed it in. But um, your penalty killing, you know, what are you seeing right now from your tandems and just uh, maybe some of the chemistry that's building up? I've been happy with how we've killed. I know the statistically, I guess, when you look at the numbers, it doesn't look all that good. But um, I, I think we're doing a good job of reading off of each other in regards to being a little bit more aggressive in zone than what we were in past years. Um, and I think we're making it hard on power plays to get themselves set up and organized the way they want to. So uh, it's such a, a fine line. The details of your penalty kill are so important. You want to make sure your guys are understanding where you want their sticks and how they're expected to play certain situations um, but the pairs that we've started to see together like Chris and um, Eric on the back end they're a, a good penalty killing pair like both guys are heavy they're hard uh, they think the game really well and we've saw the Lindy and Michael Backlund pair last year um, they've continued to build chemistry and 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 get better together um, and then you have Coleman Lewis that we've seen here and then Manji and and Dubes which is a, a pair that you know, they make some mistakes and they learn along the way, but they add a different dynamic to it in regards to the pace that they can kill with and the offensive side that if you're not aware, they're going to come at you and try to score some goals, which I think gives our penalty kill just another look to it. Yeah. One last one for me, and that's Elias Lindholm. Uh, the goal that he scores yeah. shorthanded, um, there's a few things at play there, and it starts, you know, well before the goal is scored. But um, as somebody who, you, know, you go back and watch it, what stands out or what impresses you maybe the most about that entire sequence? Well, the... <sighs> Well, obviously how he pushed Carlson off the puck. Sure. I think that's the one thing for me that when you think of Elias, he's that full 200-foot player. Um, maybe you don't think of him as a hard, heavy guy, but he is such a hard, heavy guy, um, and he plays the game the right way. So if, if he gets something in his mind, he's got to go through someone to get a puck, he's going to do that. If he has to push someone off a puck to get it, he's going to do that. And it was really great to see him finish the way he did like there showed a lot of great patience holding on to the puck like he did after winning a physical battle it was really great to see yeah will and skill for sure uh appreciate the time enjoy uh, a night in new york and game tomorrow yeah no problem thank you parksy